0: Welcome to Vino 101, episode 27, Suave. Welcome, wine lovers. I'm Bill.
1: And I'm out. We're going to be talking about Suave today. Uh, What do we say? Uh, Buongiorno a (laughs) tutti. If
0: you say so. It sounds good to me.
1: Hey, um, we had a fun time with this one. A a good time. We had to break it up in two flights.
0: Yeah, this was a study in Suave in that we tasted what not. 11 now are, 11 i believe and then how many did you i Al went to a tasting
1: i put in an extra 17 on top of that and then plus whatever i the extras that i did at the house so pretty extensive on the suave
0: we have we have some knowledge
1: yeah we, we figured out a little bit about it i believe we'll, 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 see. Find out. we'll see we'll see we'll see so um out. I guess we should just start with how the whole Suave thing happened. Yeah, I, mean, I was
0: like, what is what is it, right? Most people have no idea what Suave
1: is. Well, what's interesting is uh, it's highly promoted, but I, I think it's a big thing in Europe more than it is here. And I guess how I stumbled upon it, I was just in the wine store kind of looking around, and I, I spied a bottle of uh, Purocan Suave, and it was, it's a cool-looking bottle for one. Uh, it looks... Uh, you know, it's got that distinctive Alsatian, um, that long neck, that long, long slender neck. Yep. It's green bottle. It's got a kind of a, a lime green cap. You know, it really catches your eye. And I said, shoot, I haven't tried Suave in a while. And, you know, back in the day when I was in, when I was selling wine for a wholesaler, we would get Suave in, and it was the type of wine that you didn't really particularly want to sell, but you'd get your 50 case allotment that you had to sell. And usually it was in 1.5. Uh, liter magnums wow and, uh, it was like boy i've got to unload 50 cases of this stuff <laughs> how am i gonna do that and it wasn't very good wine to, to i mean it just it was just kind of wine like is, is what i'd like to say yeah, it yeah we wine-like.
0: had a we had a couple we uh, there was at least one of those that was just kind of like tasted like wine but for the most part th- this wine definitely has sort of a um a unique flavor profile and you could, I know one of the things that through the tasting, and I know we'll talk about the wines, that you could definitely tell how the winemakers applied their style to the construct of this wine. Um, and definitely, as sort of the price points moved up, you could tell.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I guess the one thing that really catches me is, is Suave's got a bit of a rep. And it's not, it's not a very good rep. And I mean, they're working on kind of changing that. But when I went shopping around, and looking for these wines, I mean, we live in the Bay Area. There was, when I'd go, go to a shop, I'd say, hey, man, I'm, I'm looking, putting Amazing. a Suave tasting together. You know, what do you have? And they looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. And, and most of them would have just one Suave. And I think there might have been a couple shops that had two, two. And that was it. So we had to really look around for these wines. And we actually had to order them. Uh, several of them from back east and some from southern california just to just to fill out and and get a nice representation of what the bridal what that variety does
0: yeah so according to wikipedia what's interesting about this wine is that um there was a um, there's an italian wine boom in the seventies um and a lot of it driven um after World war two but Chianti, or sorry, uh, Suave surpassed Chianti in the '70s as the largest-selling Italian uh, varietal in the U.S., which I think is really interesting. However, it eventually got eclipsed, eclipsed by Pinot Grigio. And, and Pinot Grigio's
1: and, still running away with it right now, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. still. Um, I just, you know, find that interesting is how things become popular or not. But and like we say, you know, this wine. And, and as with a lot of Old World wines, more availability on the East Coast than the West Coast. But surprising here that, you know, you had to go to L.A. to get to get some of the bottles.
1: Yeah. It was, um, I think, Suave, along with Chianti Classico, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the first two regions in Italy to be recognized um, and, and given a certain classification, i.e. like a DOC. DOC. Because um, mainly they were trying to... Uh, protect a brand and, and cut down on fraud and blah, 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 All that blah, good blah. stuff. Yeah.
0: So, where, let's, so what's in Suave? What kind of grapes are in Suave?
1: Suave is, uh, well, it's... What are the, the rules? <laughs> what are the rules? <laughs> That's good. The rules are, um, most Suave, um, the, the, the rule handed down by the government is, it's got to be 70% Garganaga. I know it's kind of a weird thing to say, but Garganaga is the grape. And it has to be at least 70% of Garganaga. The other 30% can comprise, uh, typically, Trebbiano de Suave. And then um, a little bit of Chardonnay can be put in also. And I believe there's a 5% maximum allowed of, like, some indigenous grape varieties. And I don't think any of the producers that we had used it. And if they did, they didn't put it in there. It wasn't. Yeah, we wouldn't So it's typically 70-30. A lot of the top-end producers... 100% 100% Garganega. Maybe they'll put in 5% Treviano de Suave.
0: And um, where the wine? Where is where is the Suave AVA or
1: its DOC? Okay. Good question. Well, Suave is in um, it's in Veneto, which is northeastern Italy, and the region itself is about I want to say. 10 or 12 miles east of Verona.
0: Because it's kind of centered around Verona, right? Yeah. Well, it's, well it's, it's, I wouldn't say centered. It's but. east
1: of Verona, and it's, um, it's, it's really between the two cities of um, uh, Suave and uh, Monteforte del Pone. And it's the hills that are around that, a little south, and all the hills to the north. So there's one big hill there called uh, uh, Monte uh, Foscarino, and most of the Suave classical areas around that. Uh, we could go into a little bit deeper. That area, Suave Classico, is the original zone. What happened with Suave and the reason it has such a bad rap is that they did a great job of marketing. When I say they, I'm talking about Bola. We all yeah. remember Bola Suave, right? They're
0: even mentioned in the Wikipedia page as the <laughs> reason that they they outmarketed Chianti in the
1: '70s. Yeah, they they just did such a great job. You know, these guys went out and they pushed the product and. It's great, but there was this, the original zone, Suave Classico, is really just all the hills that are around that area. And there wasn't enough juice. <laughs> so um, they uh, went to the government, and they just expanded the zone. And they ex- expanded the zone to the south of that area that goes all the way down to the Adage River, Adige River. And presto, we got more grapes. <laughs> so during that time, they planted more Garganaga, And they also started planting more Chardonnay, trying to get that international style. And they also planted a grape called Trebbiano Toscana, which doesn't have a whole bunch of character of its own, but it was a great filler. So consequently, the wines got, they produced a lot of wine, but they started getting bland. And, um, you know, they washed out the wines and they diluted the brand. And that's where we are today. These guys are trying to get back their rep. And the wines that we're tasting or that we've tasted are kind of pretty much, I would say, the middle to the high end of typical Suave producers. A lot of the, a lot of the Suave that, that you see, probably like 85% of it, is going to be made in a consortium. And the wines that we're talking about, are these are small um, producers, uh, family producers that are making you know, artisan-type type products. Right. And Pepper so that, me with some more questions, man.
0: Well, uh, let, let's um, well let's talk about the flavor profile. Of the, well, let's first. I let me back up. Let's talk a little bit about production in terms of like how much of it's how much how much they make. Is it you know? Uh, so the Wikipedia guys say in the mid '90s there was around six million cases annually. And 80% of it being produced by co-ops and sold in bulk. And I say so that I think that's changed a little bit.
1: I, I think the balance is going towards less people using co-ops because a lot of these growers that are now making mm-hmm. wine over the last 10 years, they used to, you know, just send their grapes to the co-op. So but the percentage I mean is, you know, like I said, by and large probably 85% of the stuff that's out there it it comes from a co-op and there's some really good co-op wines. But, uh, you know, mostly, I think there's five or six really big co-ops, and they all make around a million cases. It's a lot of wine. It's a lot of wine. And I believe the area, the zone itself is about, it's it's over 16,000 acres. So it's, it's a pretty good. It does, it's big. It's a big area. It's a big deal. And it's pretty thing. densely planted. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Um, and most of it for domestic consumption?
1: Uh. F- Boy, that's a good question. I'm not sure where it goes. You know, when I go and I look on the web, I know that in Europe it's pretty popular, especially in England. It's uh, it's very popular in England. Um, so when when I go on some sites over in England, I can just find just literally hundreds of bottlers that are shipping their things over there. So it's uh, it's 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 definitely a wine that's a little bit more challenging to find here, and we'll, we'll give you a few tips on you know where to find it, it and, and, and where to get it. But it's definitely worth uh, worth trying. One thing I, I, I wanted to talk about was when you look on these labels, you'll see. Um, I mean, you even mentioned it, you said Suave DOC. You've got that DOC, you got the IGT, you got the DOP. You got the
0: DOCG. C-D-O-C-G.
1: Yeah, I mean, what is what is all that?
0: <laughs> what does that mean? Well, DO is Domain Originale, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's den- Denominacion Regionale. Um, uh, Contrada, something like that. and the, But these are all acronyms for Italian wine law, basically. And they all denote... We'll find it in olive oil, too. Oh, yeah. Well, the, um, the DOP ba- is, and, and, is with cheese and with a lot of food and products, and yeah.
0: Balsamic vinegar.
1: It's to protect their Basically, brand. means it's
0: from a specific place.
1: Yep.
0: And, and it's made there. It's yeah. not bulked up truck somewhere and made somewhere else it's actually from it originates from that zone
1: right and they have to follow specific rules as far as production um, the amount of grapes they pull off the vine um, how they grow the vines um, how they identify the wine how long they store it before they release it there's all these minutiae rules and we'll put a link up um, on the blog so you guys you know if you want to geek out on Italian, yeah, what of those
0: what those DOC, DOC and DOCG mean and IGT.
1: So, um, I guess the next thing that I wanted to just kind of gently touch on is suave. There's a bunch of different styles of suave, and it's, a, it's not as easy as like Riesling, you know, you could, or maybe Riesling isn't, <laughs> probably wasn't a good example. It's Oops. difficult to tell what you're going to get in the bottle, I, I guess is is what I'm saying. And That's one of the things I noticed as far as because there are some widely diverging styles. And what, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I so I would so I would say there are a couple of things that all of the wines have that would classify um, suave for me. So one is is that it. It has a mineral, a mineral sort of characteristic and flavor profile. Bingo. And, and it it, that, is prevalent based on how the winemaker makes his wine. Some of it was very clear; it was very accentuated, and some of it wasn't. The other thing that I would say is that there there's some type of fruit. It has fruity notes, in in almost all the wine I had. Kind of in in they can range from sort of that lemon lime to apricot to. I mean, it, it, it varied a lot um, uh, from, you know, from the wines. But those were things that I picked up. And then its color, it, you know, the color is pretty, it's typically light bodied and it, it it's a straw color and the intensity of the straw coloring or the, the, the depth of that color would vary from wine to wine. But those were the things that kind of held up for me, you know, as a thread, as a common thread. Now that said, the the variety was extreme, you know, kind of accentuating all of those for me. I mean, there were ones that kind of tasted just like wine and mineral. Yes. With like a like somebody waved, you know, um, an apple kind of across the top or something.
1: Yeah, very light, it, but you got that minerality I, streak just going right at you, right through it. it.
0: And there were ones that tasted like literally, I think you could fool people who weren't experience that it was Chardonnay or it was Sauvignon Blanc, you know, and, and showing the characteristics of those two varietals. So I, I thought it was an interesting wine from that standpoint that it, it, um, you know, not knowing Suave, obviously going to compare it to things that I know. Um, the other thing is as with most, as with almost all Italian wines, when you ate food, it drastically changed the characteristic of the wine. Um. Mm-hmm. It it these wines are clearly yet again designed to be you know it's almost like the Italians don't eat they don't drink or they don't eat without having wine and food together
1: it's a part of the meal
0: yeah it's a part, it's of, the a meal. part of the meal so those were the things that I found and I, I think the thing that I found most interesting about it is just the diversity in the flavors that that came through and the styles that came through and I mean these are clearly the wines that we tried I mean these are you know they're It's not a particular producer who, you know, is just out to make, you know, they're trying to do something with their suave. And at least, I mean, we tried some of the higher-end ones where it's clearly, you know, it's sort of a much more of an artisan one than just somebody who's like, you know, I've got thousands of acres of grapes and I'm just cranking out cases of, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. suave. Well, I think the one thing that you brought up initially first was, if not, a Correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. You said the minerality Mineral. yeah. came out, and and that is that's what I got in all of them too. And it's a weird thing to say the minerality because what is that? I mean, everyone can you know if I say it tastes of apples or apricots, everyone can understand it. But what does it mean that it it tastes? I really can't even explain it. But it has it does have that. Well, if, if you rally that it whatever that it is if you drink
0: if you have treated water that has no minerals in it and you buy added mineral drops yes you can get a good idea what minerals taste like there we go okay. if, or or if you've ever made beer and had to put additives in your water to try to make it different kind of salts and minerals yeah. you can you can tell it's kind of it's kind of like sucking on a rock I mean, I don't know how else to get people there. Well, it's such we, a divisive issue when
1: people talk yeah, about I'm minerality sure. in wine. Some people, just they just get all bent out of shape. Well, wine, but so. it,
0: it, it, I think it's important here because of the terroir of where the wine is
1: grown. And and the reason that this minerality or what the people, uh, the, the grape growers of Suave like to think and impress upon people is that this, the soils are of volcanic oh origin. Yeah, it's all volcanic. It's and, all... It,
0: so it's, and almost all European wine for me, one of the ways that I can tell is I get that mineral, I get that mineral taste in a lot of the wine that I get, that from Europe. It doesn't seem as pronounced from the, the only place that I've seen it as pronounced um, in the States is wines I've had, uh, like from Virginia, from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. It's still got some of that, that, you know, mineral flavor. Here, it was just, it was very pronounced. And uh, on the West Coast, I don't get... Um, I don't, I don't taste it as much unless the vines are really old. Yeah, there's producers here that have vines from the late 1800s, and in there, I mean, in their wines, I mean, you can literally ta you can taste like the chalk from the dust that was ground up. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, been there for just soaked in the soil. That doesn't soils, sound but, real
1: appetizing, by no, the way but
0: no, but it's a, it's it's part of the wine. <laughs> it's not like you're eating a piece of chalk, but okay. I mean, it's there anyway.
1: Well, what I found on the wines in general, if I'm going to go across the boards, I got the same thing as far as the color, just you know golden straw color is is what you get across the board. Some of the producers uh bottled them in um you know dark green glass, others have them in clear glass so you can see the the full color um, the gamut of bottle styles Al- alsatian bottle styles bordeaux bottle styles um Chardonnay or burgundy bottle styles, if you will. Just a little bit of everything.
0: That's no, all over the map.
1: Yeah, all over the map.
0: Not unlike the wine.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the capsules, there's... Um, Same kind of thing. Pretty much everybody used uh, corks, but there was one, let's see. A couple screw uh, tops. A um, uh, pure used uh, uh, a screw cap, a Stelvin, and so did, um, we're not going to talk about this one, but so did uh, An- Anselmi.
0: And they no, a, um, I didn't see any artificial corks.
1: No artificial corks. All real corks. All look pretty good quality corks. Also, um, as far as the um, taste, the first thing that rings true for me. Also, the same with Bill is that intriguing minerality. Um, just think wet stones and earth. I think that's what you just said. Yeah, a little <laughs> uh, not accompanied as nice by aromas. You? <laughs> I get aromas of uh, white flowers. You can get uh, pear, uh, green and yellow apples. These are a little bit faint, almost more in the background. Uh, peach, Honeydew, Melon, stone fruits, and again that citrus, that yellow citrus it was, and lime, yeah, it that, was, that lemon and lime thing yeah. comes through. And but the one thing that rings true with the ones that I really like is they all had a very, very, very crisp acidity. Yeah. And uh, you just you're just like licking your lips. Yeah. I mean, just kind of just
0: you take a sip and you want another one. Yeah, yeah. Of the the really acid, zesting. the acid, yeah. Yeah, the so acids, and that right.
1: is that's what makes them fun and they're great with um I mean with food. We tried um my wife and I tried them with a, a variety of foods, but it's great with seafood. Yeah. I mean, any type of it, it, um, it,
0: it, it <laughs> it's it, just a great yeah, it's wine. It's a perfect seafood. wine for seafood. It can also handle um it can handle some spice in the mix. So I think we either had Chinese or Thai food one night that mm-hmm. I added with and it was perfectly you know a lot of times you have wine and you have that type of cuisine and it's just like it it's you can't it's it it doesn't work doesn't work out yeah this actually works pretty well
1: did you get to try a chance to try it with sushi
0: i didn't but i bet it's i'm sure it's perfect yeah i'm sure it's perfect we get a little left at home so yeah that's a great idea
1: really good with sushi um is we had it uh the two we did uh like i said we did two flights and we always had cheese and actually we're having a little cheese right now Mm -hmm. Goes uh, really great with the telégio, Um that uh, the rosemary rubbed. We had um, rosemary, um, uh, Asiago. It yeah. goes really good with that. We had, we had some. Um,
0: we had some truffle cheese. Truffle cheese, yeah. That went really, really well with and uh, manchego, I think.
1: Oh, that's right, manchego. Yeah, one time. Yeah, it just goes good with a lot of stuff. I've tried it with some um, uh, goat cheese. Goes really good with goat yeah, cheese, goat. also. So just kind of the lighter cheeses. I don't yeah. know if I would. Be having it with blue cheese or you know blue vein cheese. I it's don't
0: think it would not work. a yeah the and in fact the the uh, flavors that you're going to get from the ripening of the blue cheese are and the uh, the mold and stuff are probably going to conflict with the mineral.
1: I haven't forever. tried that. Maybe it will work. You know, you never know. But yeah. <laughs> I haven't I've tried it. But I know it works well with it. pastas. Yeah, especially okay, so, pastas are rolled in light butter or cream sauces. So it's
0: when perfect. you were at pasta vongole, yeah. When oh, you yeah. were thinking, when you said seafood, I was oh, like, yeah. it's like a white clam sauce. That uh, It's probably got to be dynamite with the right one. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I'm hungry now.
1: It's the ticket. It's the ticket. <laughs> That's right. So a couple more things about the grape, Suave. It's um. It grows in a... It grows in a... If you get a chance... Actually, we should probably post a picture so people can see what the grape cluster looks like. But it grows in kind of like a loose cluster and the berries are kind of sparsely put in there. Unlike, not like, uh, say, like you saw, Chardonnay. Chardonnay's a super tight bunch and everything's really close together. It's the opposite of that. What's good about that is that you don't have to worry so much about uh, mold and rot because you've got this air to circulate through there. What's bad about um, the actual grape of uh, Garganaga is that, excuse me, Garganaga, it ripens late, i.e., like later than most of your other white right. varieties, and getting on the heels of a lot of the reds, so it it's susceptible to inclement weather, i.e., rain or hail or snow and some whatever. It's 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 not so good. So and a lot of um, the producers like to leave their garganaga on the vine as long as possible, so they can get that complexity. They're not necessarily looking for more sugar to get more alcohol, but they are looking for that depth of flavor and complexity in the wine. And uh, of late, they've had a couple of bad runs. They've had um, some hail damage in 2013 and 2014, actually, just like a couple weeks ago. And when these hailstorms hit, they wipe out vineyards. Yeah, I mean, if you've you've ever... Sometimes they have to replant the vineyards.
0: I mean, if you've ever been in a hailstorm, I mean, if you get a hail of any size, you can imagine the damage it's going to do to plants.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's not so good. Not so good. So in in a in a word, there's there's boatloads of Swabi out there. Hopefully, with us going over these wines, we'll help you um, weed out and uh, stay away from the ones that aren't so good. You no, know, or at and, least and it, find some good ones.
0: Yeah, and at least you know the ones we'll recommend are ones that are worth trying, and they'll give you an idea of the range of of and um, the range of the, the the range in terms of the. Flavor profiles and styles that you can sort of get out of this grape. Um, one thing we should talk about is sort of what about um, how it's aged. Because uh, there's no, some of them had oak on them. Some of them were stainless. Some of them were the combination of the two.
1: Yeah, mo- most most Suave that you see, usually it's released within the year. Um, there's another, um, there is one other zone. Uh, I mean, we're trying to stay with Suave Classico right but um they also in that they don't they only make white wines in Suave there's no there's no red wine so there's only white and then they make a, a pasito which is a, a Rechoto, which is a sweet um, dessert wine if you will and they also make a spamante which I've never seen anywhere for sale oh, interesting. in the States and it's pretty pretty rare
0: huh
1: the other yeah. wine that they make is called let' see here I'm gonna make sure I get the the pronunciation correctly no, it's called I'm glad um, you're doing it. it's called coli um scaligeri and that are the, that stands for all the hills that are not in the suave classical hill zone those are all the surrounding hills and that's that's called the um, scaligeri hmm. those wines in order to be uh, there's one other designation it's called suave superiore d-o-c-g and those wines Either come from Classico or they come from the Colise Scaligeri Hill. And they have to be in the winery, or excuse me, in the bottle. They can't, they can't be released before one year. So back to your aging. Yep. I'm you. not sure if I like Suave's fresh out of the bottle when, they, you know, when they're fresh on the market they're in new. the first two months. Or if I like them with age. I've had the opportunity now to try them with a the little age on them. But, you know, we got to try a few older ones at the the suave class, hmm. and there was one that was i 'll have to look uh, I believe it was it was over ten years old, and it was uh, what was it it was a genie bottling and it was from two thousand and one We tried the oh, wow. two thousand and one genie Lafrasca, which is their single designation from a, a special crew. Uh, I thought it was oxidizing way beyond its so oh, really? usefulness myself, but I did like the 2005 Montitondo, which is um, uh, a Foscarine, which is also a uh, special crew there, and that was delish. So as far as the aging, I think with Suave, if you know, just knowing a little bit that I know, we tried some wines that were a little older. We tried some 2010s, I believe, yeah. and I think they were hitting their stride um, on the market right now. Mostly, you'll see 2012s. Yeah, uh, with the with the small smatter of the 2013s that are just coming on. Um, it just depends on how you like your wines. If you like them fresh, fruity, you know, right out of the It almost sounds gate.
0: like Pinot, though. And it's a wine designed to be consumed sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think You're most, not going to age it.
1: Yeah, most people are going to get enjoyment out of having the it... Last couple of years. Having it the last few vintages. Yeah. Although... You know, a lot of people talk about how well it ages. I just haven't been exposed to any examples of that, or enough of them to to. And we may
0: not, we may not get the opportunity here, just based on, you know, a lot of consumers in the states. You know, they like that fruit forward style, you know, with the fruitiness in it, sweeter wines. Yeah. Um, The other great thing, as with a lot of old world wines that I like personally, is the alcohol content tends to be lower
1: yes um, you know uh, there's not a single about, bottle here over 13 I yeah. don't believe
0: so you're talking you know 12 12 and a half you can have a bottle of wine with a meal and not feel inebriated or
1: or wake up, up in the morning know, with that dreaded headache
0: yeah with the yeah. with the sulfur headache so for me yeah. that, I really appreciate that and and it you know it being able to it being able to pair and enhance food because of its acidity um, and still being low alcohol I think it's great it's great for me yeah. I think it's one of the a very, makes it very attractive. The other thing that's great about this wine is not a lot of people know it. So having spent a little time understanding it, you know, it, it's one of those, you know, things that if you find one of the, you know, the the producers that we have are, you know, producers you can find. So, you know, you might find this on a wine list somewhere and you can impress people with a little bit of knowledge. And yeah. that's always kind of fun.
1: Yeah, that is fun. There's a couple of there's there's two um, there's one other thing I'd like to mention. There's probably more, but I'll just say one for now. <laughs> is um, they're trying to figure out the, the people that are making suave. They're trying to figure out you know they're trying to really break into the American market, and they don't know what we like. Oh, it's they, interesting.
0: They what, That's an interesting observation.
1: Yeah, they they know what we're drinking, but they yeah. don't know what we like, and yeah. they're not sure what to do. So to hedge all their base, uh, you know, to cover all the bases. What they're all doing is. Typically, they'll produce three different distinctly different styles of wines. And what I mean by that is they'll have their base wine. Yeah. Like, um, I'll just pick uh, Pirapan, yeah. for example. That's Their base wine is just, you know, it's Suave Classical, you know, and it's, it's a state bottle. It's a nice bottle of wine, and it's it's just all stainless steel. doesn't see any time, you know, in wood. It's... Uh, it's bottled pretty quickly and, and put out on the market in a reasonable amount of time. And then they have a Step Up. Or actually, I should have used a Nama. For it, That's but okay. I'll, I'll stay with the Pure Pan. But then they have a Step Up, and those are their single vineyard designations. And they have um, a Castor and then they have a, a La Roca. And these are wines that, are, that they've harvested the grapes from a specific site on a specific crew, and they've given them the extra care. And they left them in. Uh, they left them in the wood, maybe a little bit longer, or maybe they put them in wood for the first part, and then maybe they've done some extended um, aging in the barrel, and maybe some extended aging in the bottle. And
0: manipulating the wine a little bit more. Yeah, they're
1: kind. Of, they're kind of playing around with it a little bit. And all of the producers do that. Typically, since they don't know what we want yet, they're all making three styles. And uh, she was selling. So, so that so that's a that's a thing to look for when you get out there because it can can get kind of confusing it's like you know gee i want to get the carragate but which one should i get should i get the monte alto uh the monte fiorentine um what what do i get yeah the answer
0: to that question is what style do you like yeah yeah Yeah. so you kind of got to know what you like first
1: so we encourage you all to get out there and just try you know try as many as you can what we're going to do is we're going to give you seven that you definitely should give a try and it'll be a nice little cross-section of suave wines so let's talk about that so let's, let's go. Uh we what we did was uh all, out of all these wines we just picked our top four. Bill picked his top four. Why don't you start? Bill with yours. Your so
0: first My first one is the genie salvarenzo.
1: Okay, the genie salvarenzo. Vaulting right to the top of the top of the charts with the genie. <laughs> Where you go, Bill.
0: Yeah. And it's probably what <laughs> probably one of the most expensive bottles. It is. Yeah, of course. Um <laughs> nice. It was it was delicious, so now, for me, this wine just had a ton of character. Um, it had a lot going on, and I got a lot out of the wine in terms of what what I tasted in it. Let me find my notes. It actually smelled and tasted like a Chardonnay to me. It had sort of that bunny, hutter, uh, bunny <laughs> butter, honey, and some oak, and it had a really, really nice uh, acid um finish with a really rich sort of rich mouth feel and still got that minerality so those are the things that i liked about it and this is 2010 suave
1: classico 2010 yeah the price point's a little high on that folks uh this was the most expensive wine of the group it's uh you can get it for around 35 to 40 bucks i think everything else in the group was it's even was under 25 yeah. 25 and under so right you know go vaulted to the top uh, the Contrado Salvarenzo, that's a special vineyard uh, owned by the Genie family. Uh, let's see. It's 90% uh, Garganega and 10% Treviano. And uh, it's a small little lot. It's uh, five five hectares. Um, we didn't talk about how they raise the vines, but it's, it's, it's Pergola Veronese. And what that is is uh, the vines are kind of grown up um, – with really tall trunks, and then they have a special trellising system where the the grapes actually um, the limbs actually go out and they form a canopy, and the canopy acts as a protection from the grapes so they don't get sunburned, and the grapes hang down, and then the leaves protect them. Interesting, and um, that's pretty prevalent in mm-hmm. this area, and uh, you know it's it's an older style of viticulture, and there's you know some farmers are all for it and think it's great, and then others think oh. We have to switch to the more traditional Gio, which is what you see around here, or the bilateral cordone, that type of thing. Uh, 13.5. Um, high in the alcohol. Yeah,
0: huh? high in the alcohol. High acidity, 5.5 um, grams per liter.
1: Very distinctive label, don't you think? Very,
0: yeah. That, super, that, yeah. That, I mean, it looks, like, I mean it looks like looks like a wine. high-end bottle of wine. I mean, the, the label, it's black label with uh, like on, like a... It's almost a salmon-colored sort of writing on it. Um, nine months um, in its own yeast and wood barrels. Yeah. And, and they, then put in the bottle for the last six months.
1: Okay. Yeah. They, so, they, they definitely uh, they hold on to it for a while. I got, um, on the initial, I mean, a, a real um, round, full flavor. Uh, um, but when I smelled it initially, I got almonds and, and oh, interesting. apricots. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, like a little peach, like a wisp of like a white peach and like cinnamon. So for me, I, I think that might have been like the barrel spice or something. Could be. But what I noticed was it, it did seem to disappear in the middle. It was kind of hollow for me on the mid palate. Um, it had medium length and really, really good spice. I keep coming back to that spice. And at the end it had like a little orange peel type of uh, test on it. I, we talked about this when we were doing it. And I, I said the wine is, I mean, it's sound and it's good. But I'm not spending 35 bucks for that. There's just no way <laughs> I'm not doing that again, man. Don't,
0: don't disagree. Don't disagree. I'm. That said, it's a really nice bottle of wine. It's
1: a nice bottle of wine, yeah. So uh, should I pick my number one? Sure. Okay, my number one is – I bet you my number one is going to be on your list of wines, I bet. Let's see if it is. Uh, my number one is the Pirapan Suave Classico. 2012 it is, my, it is my fourth wine okay and that's their base bottling. this is their base bottling. and there's a couple reasons why i picked it as my number one. First reason is it's 14 bucks the second reason is it's readily available you it's everywhere i don't know how much they make of it but wherever you go you're gonna you're gonna be able to find it um flavor profile um the color it's it's straw golden just like all the others um it has, uh, when you taste it, it's got, uh, or when you smell it, it's got like kind of like a baked pear type of aroma and honey notes. Um, when you put it in your mouth, you get yellow peach notes. It's very smooth. Um, it's got uh, low-toned acids, but it has that minerality that we were talking about earlier. And it, it's almost like um, somebody's put some really, really, really fine grit sandpaper on your tongue. You're done. You always, you can just, it's, it's a really pleasant, that doesn't sound good, but it's, it's really pleasant, and it goes great. We've had this with so many types of white fish. Just just
0: It just goes perfect. Yeah,
1: it's, it's really, really good. So
0: this, is, so this is a wine, I think, for me that highlights sort of uh, it needing uh, that with food. It shows the character of the wine much more um, than without food. The other thing I'll have to say is that when we first tried this wine, it, it, it had nothing. It tasted like mineral and wine.
1: Yeah, it was very shy. It know. was,
0: yep. And so I think it was two things that really mattered. So one is it just being, having some air on it and having a little time. And two, I think we, it was a little cold Yeah, the probably. first time we had it. So letting it warm up a little bit more, you know, you think, you know, a lot of people think white wine and they think it needs to be cold and it needs to be cool. So, you know, the same, the same sort of thing that uh you would think about beer so you know a lot of beer is all about cellaring the beer
1: right
0: that it's in or cellar temperature which is around you know the 50s somewhere yep. so these wines definitely need to be uh, be there i don't know with this with this the two we're tasting right now though i might change my number one
1: <laughs> you change up. that's the problem with doing that it's really not fair yeah
0: it's not fair we have to go with what we we tried earlier um, but I do, I do agree with you that for the price point, that wine, I, so the comment I guess the comment that I would make, if you're going to go out and buy a Suave, you want to try one Suave, that's the Suave to try. Yeah, I agree. The price point's there, all the characteristics of Suave are going to be there, and then it, you're going to notice the difference between trying it with and without food.
1: Yeah, it's true to type, in. there's—I mean—that really is like, true to type. That's your textbook swabby. Yep. and that's why I picked it as my number one. Not necessarily that it's the best wine that I tried, but it's definitely the number one wine for sure. Yeah, um, and
0: I went—I <laughs>
1: went the opposite way.
0: But that's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, Bill went fourteen. Bill went thirty-four. Yeah. I went for the wine that
0: tasted the best <laughs> and was like the most interesting.
1: Hey, you know, I'm I'm just working. The, a, I'm working for the listeners? Exactly,
0: here. exactly. And I'm thinking about me. <laughs> Typical.
1: Best best value. <laughs> okay, so um, up to you. Your number two wine.
0: The the Pra Monte. Um, a fine my, choice. There's a the bottle Monte right Brande there. Brande.
1: What what the year Brande. was it? Was it a two thousand ten?
0: It's a twenty ten.
1: Twenty ten was the Pra, and um, did, Pra's we, did, the, did we the say the? the um, did we say the the vintage on the other two? We did. Okay, good. good. We did. Okay, the Praza. Uh, it's, it it's a twenty ten. It was a t-
0: 2010 for the. Uh, Sal. Um,
1: oh, the Sal, Sal Lorenzo? Renzo. Yeah, I had a little, little And on
0: uh, it. a twenty ten, A 2012, sorry, for the Suave Classico. Excellent, excellent. And this one is a 10.
1: Okay, Yep. Yeah, it's 2010 Pra Monte Grande Suave Classico. Another quick note if you're just not sure, you're looking for a Suave, if you happen to go in the shop and they've got four or five of them, you're not sure what to get, look for Classico on the label. That's going to help you out. If you look for classical, you're going to get a better wine than you would if you typically just see a DOC, Suave, Suave DOC. So there's a hint for everybody. Gotcha. So shoot.
0: Yeah. So this one, I on I I got apricot butterscotch and mineral on the nose, and then um, a little bit of oak, mineral, some of that those uh, some of the stone fruit like apricot, but mm-hmm. the finish I had a really long finish on this one. I just thought it was a really interesting wine in terms of its, of its, uh, what it smelled like, what it tasted like, and how long it lasted in the mouth. Not unlike the Salorns.
1: Yeah, the the pro for me, um, I mean, one of my first notes I'd say is I would just say Chardonnay-like. Mm. I mean, the packaging is even Chardonnay-like. It's got the yellow, uh, the gold yeah, totally. accents, the gold label. Yeah, totally. It looks like a bottle of Chardonnay. Um, but I got um, earthy, uh, that earth. Coming through again, uh, cinnamon and spice on the nose. And in the mouth, I got uh, nectarines and, yeah. and, and yellow peach profile. It was full and round, uh, just a, a, a lush mouthfeel. And like you nailed it, a very long finish, high quality product, very good bottle of wine. And more for price points? Uh, extremely hard to find. I uh, tried to actually find some more and I actually ordered some from a, a vendor that was closer by got the order in filled it out filled all the info it said accepted my order I'm all fired up alright great I got it next day oh really they didn't have temporarily it really out of stock wow
0: yeah but what was the price point do you know what the bottle uh price point
1: was? was like 20 okay 21 bucks maybe it's just not you can't find the wine it's a
0: good va- It's that's a nice bottle of wine for 20 bucks so. But again, you know, big difference between that and the Classico Swab
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're worlds apart. Totally different styles. So my number two wine, uh, my number two wine was the Genie, the regular Suave. <laughs> Looks like Genie's running away yeah. with it here. Huh? Big producer though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Genie's doing a good job. They, they got it going on. Um, this is their base bottling. Uh, really classy packaging. Uh, it's, looks like it's got a castle on there. It's twelve and a half percent. Genie's based in Monteforte d'Alpone, and um, it, it's a, it's a Mark De Grazio selection, which is you know always, that? I always talk about this. It, it's a a, a shipper, wow. and um, I always talk about if you look on and see who um, makes the selections or who the importer is, and if you like one style of wine, you probably like some of the others that they do, and that is for sure. The case with these guys. Um, the wine is, let's see, let me get my notes on here. It's 100% uh, Garganega, and it's got, uh, it has a straw gold uh, color, just like all of them, but it, this one has a, just a typical baked pear and honey and honey notes, uh, and also uh, yellow peach, very smooth, probably a little bit lower on the acid profile than a lot of the other wines, but I just think really, really smooth, and the, the price point you gotta love it. 14 to 16 bucks a bottle. I'll buy that all day. Stock up.
0: Yep. Great. And then the next one for me was the Enama um, Vignette. Vignette. Vignette de, de
1: Foscarina. De Foscarina. Foscarino. Okay. Uh, this was 12.5% alcohol. And the Postumino was a a 2011. Uh, it's uh, old vines, um, old label, old. What, what were you saying about that label? I can't. It's um very um. I don't know, it's very like or something Bro- yeah, very
0: Romanesque it? in terms of its yeah. um something like you'd see in the Sistine Chapel that Michelangelo would.
1: We're would not uh, going to. We're not talking about the producers, but these just, just a just, just a few that we have 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 mentioned. These are probably like the top tier producers. When you think of Suave, you know, and you, you think of the higher end, some of the best Suaves, you're going to think of, uh, you're going to think of Pra, you're going to think of Puripon, you're going to think of Genie, you're going to think of Anama. Those, These, these guys are, have been doing it for a while. And uh, contrary to what everyone else has been doing, they, you know, they've, they've been at it for a while and they've been sticking to it. And all the other people are just kind of hanging on to their coattails and coming along for the ride at this point. So, what were your uh, what's your uh, taste uh, tasting notes on the anomaly?
0: So, um, more sort of citrus in the nose, and then actually on the palate, um, I also got a little bit of almond on the palate. Mm-hmm. But another sort of full body in terms of like the mouth feel and finish. Just sort of can tell that it's a um, a well produced wine. And again, the acid, the acid, the minerals prevalent.
1: Okay,
0: I really yep. enjoyed that wine
1: yeah the Anama is uh, the price point on that was was 22 bucks and for me it was it had the deepest color of all the wines Mm -hmm. I remember that it had a real deep uh, deep golden color and I think Anama likes to I I believe he likes to bring in the grapes and uh, leave them Uh, typically what the wineries will do when they make white wine is they'll bring it in bring the grapes in and there's a machine called a a crusher destemmer, and it'll um, it wax all the stems off of the grapes. The berries fall down into this little column, and this column has like a it's almost like a I don't want to say a corkscrew, but it has a way of turning to where it crushes the berries also. It actually d- it
0: looks like a cor- It looks like a, a corkscrew. Well,
1: that's the auger you're talking about when you bring it. That's in. what I am. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's exactly what I'm talking. Yeah, about. but uh, that's so that's that's what happens. What he does is, I, I think, and he, he, I believe he, and I, don't, I have to look again, I have to look on the site, but just judging from the color of the wine, he probably brings the wine in, he probably lightly crutches it, and then he probably sticks it in a tank and lets it cold macerate for oh, you know a certain it. number of hours to get that extra color out of Sitting
0: the grape. Sitting letting the grape... Um,
1: it sucks out some of the tannin from the skin. Yeah, the skin, letting the that. skin
0: sit there, yeah. so it'll give it that color. Yeah.
1: And uh, it shows in the wine because the wine is, um, the color, like I said, it's super golden. It's almost like a sherry. It's like sherry-like. But the taste is totally different from what it looks like. Because if you look at a wine like that, you think, oh, man, this has got some age on it. It's been in the barrel. You know, it's got oak. It's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. It's um, just like a white peach flavor. It's like that
0: light-bodied
1: very, very so right. mineral. Yep. Going back to that again, almost like, and I might hate to say it, but it's almost like Chablis-like, and that's just that's relating to the, the stony, chalky type of uh, from the from the, from the feel that it yeah. has. Um, very, very clean, though. Clean, uh, medium length finish, a little black licorice. I got a little taste of that on the nose, and a nice medium, medium-long finish. I liked it a lot. Um, I definitely would buy some more of that again. It's fairly priced. It's twenty to twenty-one. That's twenty bucks. bucks. Yeah, it's twenty bucks.
0: If you're gonna make that uh, homemade pasta von goal, egg—that's a bottle to have with it.
1: That's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do. Fabulous.
0: And then, and then, of course, my last one was when we talked about, which is a beer, pen Pan classical.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So, any.
1: Well, um, anything
0: else you want to mention?
1: Well, shoot, can we talk about this? Can you bring out your notes on this one because I think. That's the wine we should talk about. It's not in the top four, but, man, that is a delicious bottle. This is uh, the Monte Tondo. It's the 2011 yeah. Monte Tondo. And it's, uh, I believe it's 100%. You know, I don't know for sure. I don't have the website up. But it's...
0: What were you asking about, though?
1: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you my impressions of what I thought about it. This is probably, you know, one of my favorites also of many. But it's, this one's very tropical, just to show you what garganica can do. Um, uh, yellow peaches and apricots. Um, the What's the alcohol on this? Um, see it's, the, the alcohol's 12.5%. It's light body, but it has, uh, even on, in the mouth, it has those peach and apricot flavors again. Uh, medium acidity, uh, medium length. This wine was very, very, very smooth. I really liked it. And when I went to the... Um, I had the opportunity to go to um, a Suave, um,
0: Suave master's
1: class huh? um, last week. And this is one of the wines that was there. And the wine that we tried then was, um, we tried um, the 2005 uh, Monte Tondo, which was their, their Foscarino. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing how, you know, seven years later, seven, eight years later, it's still got those nice characteristics. You could just, you could, you could tell. Really nice wa- Nice wine a uh, stylish bottle with the the Alsatian look, kind of like the um Pirapan. high quality product, 14 bucks a bottle. Wow, that you can't beat for that as complex as it. 14 could bucks. There. So this would definitely be one of uh one of the seven I, I would say definitely have that wine. And the only other one that I can think of that we should talk about is maybe this one right here, bro. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm just flooding you with different bottles. You can see we tried so many different wines. <laughs> okay,
0: so that that Carugate, I wrote down cinnamon stick, vanilla, and mineral. That's sort of my
1: Yeah, there wasn't much on the nose. Notes. The nose was very reticent.
0: Wow. Uh, the winery says, a fine bouquet of meadow flowers with hints of chamomile, elderflower, and iris, and elegant
1: wine with notes of sweet almonds
0: on the finish. Hmm. That's what they wrote.
1: Okay. I don't know which marketing person wrote that. I didn't get any of that though. Huh. <laughs> I didn't either. I got it was it was the the nose was pretty light, but what was there was it had some white flowers, uh, some herbs, and uh, uh, white peach. It was a bit green, a little, but not in a bad way. And uh, on the palate, I got white peach, uh, very mineral, extremely clean, and it had that tingling minerality on the fence. Uh, excuse me, on the finish. So it's very fresh, really fresh wine. Yeah. And that's what I remember most about it. And when I tried, um, I tried one of their other wines. I tried their 2011, the Monte Alto, same way. Just, I mean, but it, it had the oak on it. You know, They it had been in wood. But just a really, really clean wine. So uh, that's one I would definitely recommend. Also, uh, the price point, you can't beat it. 13 bucks, my friend. Wow. So as you can see, these wines... I mean, you're getting your bang for your buck with these wines. I mean, you're talking, you know, just the last few that we mentioned, they've all been 12, 13 bucks. Yeah. 14 bucks.
0: And even the higher end wines. I mean, that, you know, super high end wines, 37.
1: So the only other thing I want to mention, so if cool. you're saying yeah. that, is uh, if you look at the top of that label, what do you see there at the very top? Looks like What's a right guy dancing uh, like, with some grapes on his like head. it
0: looked like Felix the Cat from where I was looking at it for a minute. <laughs>
1: It's, it's a, is it's, that
0: some kind of Independent Winemaker Association?
1: It is. It is, and uh, it's. Uh, let's see if I can say this. It's uh, Vignole Independente, and uh, what they are, it's a group of growers. As I can tell, it's probably less than twelve. I think, and they are dedicated to making Suave the best that it can be, and um, you know bringing back its reputation. A couple things they do. Uh, they don't buy grapes from anywhere else. They have full control of the winemaking aspects, uh, the growing, the making, the cellaring. And um, they adhere to really good rules as far as, um, you know, not using harmful pesticides, blah, blah, blah. I, I'd have to say if you see that on a capsule, you're going to get a pretty darn good bottle of wine. Because carrugate belongs to that organization, so does Pirapan, and uh, so does Croft. They're co-
0: they're consciously trying to do something with the wine, so that's usually an indication of trying to have some success with it.
1: Yep. So, shoot, dude, where do we go from here? I mean, we... Um, I think we're set. I enjoyed the Suaves. Um,
0: I know, recommend and, you go out and try some.
1: Yeah, but you guys, if, if you, you get out there and you try a few and you find something that's really interesting, definitely let us know. And uh, You know, don't keep it a secret.
0: Yeah, send us a comment or two or post to us on the Twitters.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, I guess that's it. How that's it. Yeah. Hey, everybody, thanks so much. We appreciate everyone listening. Uh, we appreciate everyone following us on the Twitter. And uh, is that correct? The Twitter? And, the Twitters. <laughs> the Twitters. And um, we look forward to um, look, look forward to um, putting together our next podcast. What are, we, what are we doing next, by the way? I don't Maybe. know. We'll have to know. talk about it. I don't know either. I don't talk about it.
0: We'll figure it out. I think it's going to be Pinot. Could be Pinot. All right. All right. Cheers, everybody.